So I've been teaching this class 27 years. I don't know if I've ever dreaded coming more than today. Just because it's just a booger of a topic. You know, and, and you know, it's just, it's just, it's just difficult. You know, I mean, it's just difficult. Don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Don't want to. You've been affected by it. I, I, I've been affected by it. Not in my wife and my marriage, but I mean, close family. I've seen the hurt. I've seen the pain. I've seen the divorce. I've seen it, man. I mean, it's, it's not like, hey, we whooped out Lincoln Logs here and we've gone to town building a cat. It's not that. It's miserable. And if you've ever been hurt, I haven't been hurt in that way. But I mean, if you've ever been hurt, you know hurt ain't, ain't, ain't a barrel of monkeys, you know. So that's, it's just, it's just difficult. So. I think we all have friends. Well, we when we get knowledge. down to it later, we've all committed. We're going to read what it is. But we've actually got friends that have gone yeah. through it and have had yeah. to be with them and have them through it. Our relationship, commandment number 12, is the principle of intimacy. The principle of intimacy. There's three ways people commit adultery, Morris brings out. We're going to get to them, but there's three. But don't forget, we are three parts. And we're going to tie these three ways into that, into these three. The body, the soul, and the spirit. Okay? We may be out of here in 15 minutes, and I don't know. Okay? So just bear with me. Uh, the first way we commit adultery is you commit adultery in your body. First of all, I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians uh, 6, 18, 19, and 20. 1 Corinthians 6, 18, 19, and 20. Uh, let me, as you're turning there, just let me read the commandment. Exodus 20, 14 says, you shall not commit adultery. You shall not commit adultery. First way we commit adultery is in, our, in, in your body. First Corinthians 6, 18 through 20 says, flee sexual immorality. I don't know if you ever, you know this, know this or not, but there's two sins that the Bible says to turn and run tail, tuck tail and run. Idolatry and uh, sexual immorality. You don't dabble with it. You don't sniff at it. You don't look at it. You don't even, I, you know, you don't even, it's not funny. It says flee immorality. 18 says also every sin, and pay attention to this, every sin that a man does is outside the body. But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? We don't belong to ourselves, believe it or not. For you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God's. He mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. You remember we talked about the Sabbath. I think we were out at Woody's. That might have been the 18th of December. And the, from, the, from the Christian perspective of the Ten Commandments, if we had to rank them, and we don't rank them, but if we did, keeping the Sabbath would be 10. Y'all remember us talking about that? You guys that showed up. At, you know, we, we know the importance of the Lord's name. We know the importance of uh, not lying and stealing. But do we really have to rest on the Sabbath? Is it that big of a deal? That's, that's the Christian perspective. Now, from the world's perspective, I say that to say this, and he, he brings us out. From the world's perspective, what's the world's perspective on sex, Light over its money. Balls to the wall. Anything goes. Right? But you know, you know, they don't, what I got out of it is how, is how close without committing adultery, how close can most people get to the line without crossing it? We just go back to what you're talking about is, it's what goes on in your heart. It's not sexual. Right, Jesus addresses. We're going to read it a couple of times here, you know.
I, you know, if you hadn't do what Jesus says, I, you know, I, I'd be shocked. Uh, and, and, and it's just, again, man, it's just, let me read the last thing. I'm going to probably go and read this a couple of times. My last thing I wanted to write down. Uh, Mars says here, and I'll read it again. Please do not forget that this sin is not unforgivable. He said, and I'm going to read this at the end. This sin is not unforgivable. Repent and ask God to forgive. And Moore says, he asked this question. Do you know who falls into this area? Falls in this area? Humans. So every time Dick and Harry sitting in here is human. So we're subject. And you can laugh and carry on. I've never had anything. I got a, I got a, this has been about 30 years ago. I got a, a good talking to from my wife. Said, I hope I never do that. She said, you hope, you better not. And I thought, man, the first time I say that, it'll be a naked one sitting right back on saying, come on down. You know, you're the next contestant. This ain't the price is right. You know, uh, so when you start, it's just, it's just a difficult topic. So just, just bear with me, man. Uh, bear with me. I almost called in sick. <laughs> so I got a sub, man. I get them sub calls every day from a ASOP. That's what Cobb County uses for the next little bit. I don't go anymore, but I just kind of see how often I get. It's amazing how many days teachers miss. Really is amazing. It's shameful, to be honest. With you. And, and, and a lot of them, this philosophy is, well, I got a day of my full burn. That's why I retired early. I could retire early because I get paid for more years than I work because I built up signals. But, you know, I, I, I just, I, I wanted to call a sub. How does the world rank adultery? What, are the, what, are, what does the world think about adultery? So fashion, you know, if it's, it's kind of not cool, you know, if, if you hadn't dabbled or whatever. Marriage is temporary. Marriage is temporary. Where did the concept of, of sex originate? God created. You know, I, I, I don't know about y'all, man. For you younger guys, I don't know about these older guys. Do you think about it a lot? You know, I, I mean, a lot of lonely times on the lawnmower, man. I'm by myself. <laughs> it's just so many times I can replay the Braves game over. You know what I'm saying, Steve? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, I but at one point in time, that's that's the words of the wizard wise. I noticed all this is the old part side, this is maybe the younger part side. I don't know what side, you know. Don't uh, time, time, you, I, mean, I mean, you don't even have to be like on cable. You can't buy a hamburger with that. Yeah, you can't even buy a hamburger with that. You know, we laugh about the hardest commercial, and Charlie's not here today, but we got the yoga pants comment. And I mean, it's seriously. I can't come to church without being presentable. We kind of seriously speaking. We cut grass over here at this high school. We said, not just at that high school. That's on the high school I cut grass at, okay? It's not just isolated over there, but they'll wear them pants, and they don't wear a long shirt. Am I wrong, Scott? Yeah. You work at the high school, don't you? All you see is the mirror. I mean, from every day. Do you realize that's not all I don't see is the color of the skin? That's all I don't see. And I, I, I don't know how a middle school boy or a high school boy survives. I mean, seriously speaking. So that sex drive came to, from God. I don't know. I don't know why I wrote that question down twice. I'm trying to read both of them. I guess I, I just I got so tore up going over this, man. I ain't gonna tell them what I got wrote down here. So nobody come up here and ask for me. 
Pictures. Right. <laughs> I ain't got no pictures, man. I'm telling you, ain't no pictures. Pictures at the school for this stuff, right? Get your cut fire. You be down there at the soup line. What you be? You be cutting grass, not for the spoon system. Hey, I have a thousand stories, but we going on. Who created the male and the female body parts? You know? Did you ever think it was a plumber? A man growing up, daddy said that's female. I'm eight, man. I don't know. Female? What is that? Yeah. I get a little older. I think, wow. I can't believe they named that female. <laughs> Seriously? How do you explain that to a seven-year-old boy that hangs out with their daddy while they work? You know, or a male, male feeding, female feeding. I used, I didn't know what to say, man. When I got a little older, you know, it just. It's just, it's, and I doubted who created, not the plumber. God created. So if God created, he, he created this a good thing. If we adhere to the guidelines, okay? And I jotted down, is sex, is, is sex drive good? Yes. It's a godly desire. God God knew what he was doing. And he goes through a couple of funny little stories. I, 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 I can't even get into it. Is sex drive normal? No. I've already told the one about the cutting grass. You know, is sex drive normal? I think so. Yes, it is. It is. So it's 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 in your body. We commit adultery in our body. So the sex drive is is all there. It's normal. It's 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 okay. Within God's, you know, as Brother Ted when he preached these ten. Commandments, I don't know, man, 20 years ago, maybe. He called them the lovers. And it's about prevention. Like prevention is the best medicine. If you would adhere to keeping the Lord's name in vain, it prevents a lot of harm. If you prevent from lying, it, it keeps a lot of, of, of harder. Or coveting, you know, or, or adultery, or murder. You know, if you don't do these things, God gave them to us for prevention purposes. Out of the pure day love for us, and, and it enhances the relationship we have with our spouse or, or, or with him or with each other for that matter. The second way we commit adultery is in our soul. Let me read Proverbs 6:32. Proverbs 6:32 writes to Solomon says, Whoever commits adultery with a woman lacks understanding. He who does so destroys his own soul. Somebody defines destroy. If that's going to be, if that's going to what's happened to our soul, we need to know what the word destroyed means. What do you think destroy means? Wipe out. Wipe out, what else? Renders useless. What else? Exactly. Hebrew is translated the word corrupt. Think about that. He who does so corrupts his own soul. What do you think that means when your soul has been corrupted? Not just with this sin. And this, this stuff applies across the board to sin. Sin is sin. Okay? We don't rank sin. I don't think God ranks sin. I think the consequences for some sin are higher than the other consequences, but sin is sin. So, it's hard not to go back and think. It's a forgiven sin. So you don't want to do that. So I want to be forgiven, but it is a forgiven sin. Oh, yeah, it's no doubt. It's not unforgivable. It's not done part of us. But when you think about corrupt, how do you corrupt something? When something's corrupt, what's the characteristics? To continually get worse when you start a corruption. I think so. I think so. You can't unrot a tomato, can you? No, but it continues to get more and more corrupt. It just keeps getting more rotten and rotten and more untasted, you know, and it just begins, then it gets down to where it's nothing but a puddle of juice and some sickness. Then it dries up. You know? And I think that's what Solomon is talking about, or what God's talking about through something. He, he, he corrupts his own soul. But if he corrupts, if he defiles, we've got to be completely rebuilt. They can reformat it, they can back to completely it can be rebuilt. It's not undoable. It's not the unpardonable sin. 
We know David committed it. Well, just think about Robbie Zechariah. I don't know what all went on with him, but I know he died pretty quick. And I really like to listen to him. I don't know if it ever went, you know. Well, let's just think about it. Even Louis Gazzard talks about Jimmy Swagger. I remember him. And Gazzard's a little funny thing is, you would have thought somebody making $30 million a year could have come up better looking than that. That heifer he had in New York. I can't think of Jimmy Swagger without that. I can't think of, I don't know if Jim Baker ever done it. I can't think about Jim Baker without him laying in the corner over here in the fetal position. You know, I think Brett touched on that last Sunday. Not, not the adultery sin, but how we look at people who have past sin in their life. I got an email this week. The thing about Johnny Hunt's finally promoting this situation. He's back promoting it now. Struggle, man. I can't imagine why I admire uh, T-Boat. I admire Dungey, Tony Dungey. You know, I, I neither here nor there about either one of those guys other than the fact that they're good dudes and they're Christians. You know, uh, Tony Dungy has made a stand about and, and what about the hockey guy? Y'all seen that dude? Yeah. Said I'm not wearing that gay pride shirt in warm up. I'm not doing it. My word, man! Do you did you see where his shirt? Because he made the decision not to do that and go against the cancel culture. Every shirt that they had with his name on the back sold out. I'm not even a hockey fan. I've been to one. It's a pretty good game to go see now. Joe Gazay took a bunch of us up there about 25 years ago to Huntsville, and we sat right there as ice. Right there, man. I tell you, it's good. Bruh, not for the faint of heart. Speaking of famous things, did y'all see, y'all know Jerry Garcia died? I'm not Jerry Garcia, uh, David, Cross, David Cross, right? Crosby steals a Nash. You know what he said the day before he died this week? Did anybody see that? I saw that. Awful dangerous. Crosby was alive, didn't he? Heaven, heaven is cloudy and overrated the day before he died. Cloudy and overrated. Kind of reminded me of what John Lennon said. We're bigger than Jesus before he got shot. You know, it's just a scary. Do you know, David, I don't know, some of you have seen it, but there are paid commercials on major TV. Now, or uh, just about everything, but one of them is, is supporting uh, atheists and agnostics. And I was shocked. The one I've seen, Steve, that really bothers me, and I've done a little looking, and I, I've been told, and I've done a little looking. JesusGetsUs.com. That's that's foul ball. They're always promoting what the Bible against what stuff like the Bible. It sounds good that Jesus gets us, but you know, it's that's candy coating the, the under, undertow. Go ahead, Williams. Ronald Reagan Jr. No, he's a Blake he came on. He, he put one of those infomercials out. I, I, I don't know if I showed, I showed it to somebody, but it, the president of the United Ronald Reagan's son is a, a flaming agnostic. Yes. It's, uh, it's scary. That's what happens when, 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 when things get a little skewed. You know. I jotted this down. How do you make a choice? How do we, how do, what, what motivates your decisions? Your daily decisions. <clears throat> Not talking about adultery now. I'm talking about the way I'm going home. Do I go up here and go down 2nd Street? Do I go down here and go down 6th Street? Uh, how, how, what, what motivates your decision? I'm sorry. So. Within yourself, what they what what is the basis for that? What's best for me? I really the best me to go this way. So feelings, emotions. He mentions emotions in my, in your mind. What you know? Do you what do you feel about it? You know, 
or what do you think about it? Which way I go home sometimes determines if we're going out of here today, if the police is out there and directing traffic, I can go down 6th Street because I can get out. But if I get up there and the line is stopped and I can get over, I don't have to stop to go down 2nd Street. I'm thinking 2nd Street's, what is that, eighth of a mile over there? Shoot down, hang a left, hang a right, but not to shoot garage. Right up there, three miles on the left side. You know, go this way. Which, you know, what am I? What am I thinking? Now, sometimes I really I rode this morning. I rode in the rain. It was miserable. That's just how stupid I am. But I really, my emotions. I thought yesterday, man, it was pretty yesterday. My emotions were. I want to get out. I love riding out on the road on Sunday morning because there's no traffic. I can ride eighteen miles. You know, just at the house and, and, and not ever have two cars pass. That's what my emotions was. Then I got to thinking about it. It was foggy. It was too dark. So I went on to think. So those are the things that make. Let me ask you this. Can you commit adultery in your, in your emotions and in your mind? Oh, heck yeah. Let me read Matthew 5. Here we go. I told you we all fight this. Have you heard it said, this is Jesus speaking, you have heard it said, to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. But Jesus says, but I say to you, whoever looks at a heart is commercial. To lust for her has already committed adultery in his heart. So I struck out, man. And I'm going to tell you what, if you sit there telling me you had struck out, I'm going to tell you, you're a ball face fire. Can I tell you that? Is that a fair? Is that fair? I think I think that everybody has, has, has dealt with this. And Morris in that sermon, and I, I'm not going to go over it at the end. If you really want to hear some good stuff for the younger people, that bunch right in there, for younger people, go listen to this sermon at the last five minutes. And he goes through the process sex out of sight of marriage and what it leads to down the road. You remember what I'm talking about, Jim? I don't, I'm not going over it for the sake of time. And I, I wouldn't just wouldn't do as good a job of discussing it or explaining. But it's really the second time I've heard him talk about it. And he hits the nail on the head. So I challenge you to go listen to it. Challenge you. Do you see where this process starts? Let me let me read that again. And I want you to answer this. Where does the process of, of this of adultery start? You have heard it said to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. And the verse 28 says, but I say to, to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust at her, but lust, excuse me, for lust, lust for her already committed adultery in his heart. Where does this process start? In your mind, I jot it down. Don't ever doubt the battlefield of the Christian is between them ears, man. That's the battlefield. And as my daddy would say, and if you don't, if you knew me, like you think you don't, know me, you would see why he said he would look at me and he said, "Son, use that head for something besides coating your hat." Right? I heard him say that once, man. I, that that should be tattooed. Right here on the inside of my eyelids. What he was saying was think. Think. Think about what you're doing. Look, you know, Allison gets on me all the time because if I'm doing something around the house, the boys, I kind of expect them to think about what tool he might need next. Well, you need to tell him. I'm, I'm, I'm like, my dad didn't tell me. He wanted me to be able to think for myself, you know. So it starts in your mind. But also look. Well, where does desire, where does desire, what, well, let me, let me read. Give me glass. Desire goes before, you remember we talked last week, we talked about murder and then hate and then anger and then uh, unfulfilled expectations. Am I, am I right? And an offense. You remember, so here we go, a little bit of that, of that kind of thing. We got a duck. Desire goes before adultery. What goes before desire? Lust. What goes before lust? 
What was Tommy talking about a while ago? Looking. <laughs> See it. See it. He gets on that real well. He does. He does. He may, he says in his sermon, if you'll listen to it, he says, I made a covenant with my wife. Because apparently this guy had a strong fight with us about 19, 20 years old. I think he got out of high school in 79, I, 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 from what I listened to today. So he'd be four years older than me. He's 61. So about 40 years ago, he was fighting and scratching and clawing with us. Okay. And he said, and I told my wife, hey, man, hold me accountable, basically. And he was at the beach. He said, at the beach, it's, it's like an alcoholic being at the bar. Or a guy trying to lose weight being at the bathroom. That ain't a place for that, you know? He said, so this girl walked by, man. She says, it's like she got pains in me, man. I tell you, I don't know about y'all, man. I'd really get a whooping across the back of my head to be pains. I cannot stand being pains. My mother would pinch me in church. God, I just wish she took me out and whooped me. I'm talking about the blood comes out. I, I can't stand to be pinched. But she would pinch the fire and heat. So his wife, you know, I'm talking about you pinch it twisted, man. I mean, God, ain't nothing. Yeah, I ain't nothing. And she looked at him and said, hey, do you need me to pray for me? So he got caught. Look, look at me, uh, Matthew 5, 28. But whoever looks at a woman, looks at a woman, Looks at a Hardy's commercial. Looks at a pair of yoga britches. All right. Hey, I like what he did. So he called them all out. He said, "He said, ladies, you should wear anything that situates your body." Amen. I don't know about y'all. That would have thrown me a bone. Yeah, that helped me out, would it not? I tell you. And I've had this discussion amongst my teachers when I was the principal. You can't wear clothing up there for fifth and sixth grade boys and expect them to learn anything when you got stuff flopping everywhere, man. Hanging out. You know what? I was in the fifth and sixth grade one time. I, you know, I, I know. I can't imagine at the high school level. You know, seriously. We're, the word says our actions shouldn't cause others to stumble. Covers it, right? It covers it. And that's, you know, that's why I don't wear tank tops and tight fitting shirts. I know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's why I do it, y'all. I carry the gum. You don't wear them bicycle pants. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I had them bicycle pants on the other day, and I was like, I'm glad you don't wear them things. Tommy has seen them, and I'm glad he ain't coming anymore. Shut up, Tommy. <laughs> You're just me, it's now. <laughs> I put my bicycle in right in my arm. <laughs> yeah. Dude. All right, Genesis. You don't think looking? You don't think looking is the key? Genesis thirty nine seven. And when it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph, and she said, "Lie with me." Look at man. Look, we didn't mention Reagan a while ago. What was Nancy Reagan? You know, every president's wife has a little. You thank oh, Obama for no pride, French fries in the school anymore. Y'all know that. Just say no, was Nancy Reagan's. Just say no. You have got to make a pact in your mind. I'm not going to look. I'm not going to be subject. I'm not going to be talking to the woman and looking down right there. <clears throat> you know, I'm not going to up and down. You know, it just, I mean, my word, how hard is that? It's hard sometimes. It ain't sometimes, dude. It's all the time. It's difficult. It is, it's tough. That's why I just, I wanted to call us up today. Well, you don't tell me how that problem. <laughs> Might be, might help if we dress like that. They don't have yellow pants. No. And they don't wear clothes where you wash. You know, my teachers growing up didn't, didn't dress like that. They had them. Back to business, I can remember Miss Hood was my first grade teacher's name. That was 51 or 52 years ago. She wore pantyhose and rolled down at her ankles, which is real, real cool. <laughs> like, hey, man. 
That's how it's a two dollar pistol right there. Yeah, I think I when I saw it, Tom, I think I threw it in my mouth. That was it from Mrs. Connors right next door. You know, the rooms yeah. were separated from the door. Yeah. I jotted down his, and then of course we just talked about it. Is seeing or looking, is that what gets you tracked to crime? And I said it must underline twice yoga pants. If that's the case, how do we handle this issue of looking? Got it right here. I have Job says, I have made a covenant with my eyes. Now, what is what when you say I do, that's a covenant now. With you and your wife before the Lord. God made covenant with David, with Abraham, uh, with uh, Noah, and I'm missing one. Isaac, had those things gone away? God said it, and that was the end of it. He, he said, even as bad as we are, you know, he's made a promise and he's not going to go against it. So and Job says, I have made a covenant with my eyes. Why then should I look upon a young woman? I think that's the answer. Now, is that easy? Why, yes, no, man. I'm breathing, ain't I? I, I, I I'm burning. Uh, it's, it's difficult. So we got body, we got soul, you commit adultery in your spirit. He gets on this in the next series, but he, you just got to make it in line that I'm not going there. It's just like I told y'all a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if I told everybody, but my granddaddy smoked. Apparently, he smoked when my daddy was growing up. And what guy born in 1908 didn't smoke? That's when my granddaddy was born. Uh, he died in 77. But my daddy, I've heard my daddy say multiple times that he'd get through eating the day. He quit smoking. He never picked up another. Pretty impressive. He said, but I tell you what, boy, he, he looked at me and said, I tell you what, when, you, when granddaddy got through eating, man, he, the whole table would shake. He'd want a cigarette so But he didn't do it. He just said, I'm not doing it anymore. You know what? I'm thinking, well, that's pretty good because, you know, hey, I got a colonoscopy coming up the 10th of February. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the last time I had it, I had I'd eat popcorn. You know what? I ain't eat popcorn since. I, I'm not eating popcorn, man. As sick as I got. Now, why is my attitude about that? Popcorn. Or my granddaddy about cigarettes. Why is that not like watching? Something on TV. I can dabble in my mind. I can dabble. You got that line. You I got, got that yeah, that line you talking about. Well, I can get right up to it. In reality, if I saw the line out there at 100 miles, I may turn right because I know in reality I don't stop. Matter of fact, I pick up post. You know, we talked about we can whichever side we think is the one's going to grow. We talked about this another time about how they. You'll come to that point where you love Jesus enough, you don't do it anyway. But until then, you just have to decide, I'm not going to beat that. But if I do this, I'm going to That's why if I, if I miss, I generally do not miss reading my Bible in the morning. So I, a lot of times I just thank you, God, for that and go on. I don't spend a lot of time praying. I don't spend a lot of time meditating. If I spend a lot of time praying, and I'm not talking about like two hours, I'm talking about thanking Him for. You know, thank you, God, for <clears throat> I have made a covenant with my eyes. I thank you for giving, teaching me how to do about this. And thank you for that. That I won't, just won't do it. There's the plan. I thank you for the plan, God, and help me to apply. If I ponder that for a couple of, you know, a couple of minutes, my day is better. Our God, he talks about in his, in his sermon as I was listening to it right this morning. Talks about these spirits. It's the spirit of lust, the spirit of unforgiveness, the spirit of envy, the spirit of jealousy, yada, 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 ABC. The sin is a spirit of that. He said, You can combat that by just rebuking it in the name of God. God, take control of that. God, help me with my attitude today. God, help me with my mouth today. God, help me with my shortness toward my wife and, and my, you know. You know, whatever. It's a it's an evil, it's an evil spirit. And we can here's the attitude. God, I promise, you know, help me today. That's that's 
Poor apple. The devil doesn't fear you read the back of the But what he does, he tempts you thinks he knows you're weak. He don't get you back. And you know, Tommy, and I believe this, and I've heard somebody <laughs> preach on it the other day. If you have a problem with some dude that's wronged you or, or something is your little pet sin, whatever it is, jealousy, envy, let's say, let's say I'm jealous of some guy with a big old boat. No, I'm not, but let's just say. And if I if I look on the internet, I wonder what that boat costs. Wow, $100,000. You know, what's Satan going to do? Your boat don't cover that much. You know, if God helps me with covenant over that boat, you know, it's broadcasting that. They can't read my mind. The enemy can't read my mind. He's not omniscient. And I've told Hogan and, and John David this spoke, if you're struggling with something, don't broadcast it out in the verbal prayer. Pray about it. Because when you say it out loud, the enemy knows what you struggle with. Is that crazy to think? Thank you, dear. Do something, look at something. Yes. Then you, then you get or something. Yes. That's a good, yeah. Whether it's hardy it's commercials or, or bite you. You will never crave anything you have not tasted. Yeah. So, when I say it, period, I'm just saying that when you looked at it, when you smoked it, took it, drank it, whatever, you will never look for something. You open that door, that's what the last line is. And it don't have to be, it's just a little crack. Just a little crack. And man, the enemy would just start wedging in. Here, there's an ad. Uh, uh, there's an ad. Did I read? Pardon? Lay those opportunities out there for you. All right, let me read Genesis 2, 24. We're going to get back to 1 Corinthians, I promise. Now, we commit adultery in our spirits. He says in Genesis 2, 24, says, Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. And become one flesh. A lot of times in, in sermons, the tough parts are A and B. I think today the tough part's three. And Stan, you sent me that text message the other day, and I thought, man, I really hadn't listened to that last part like I need to. Because the first two have been wearing me out, you know. And then I got to part three, and I thought, well, I wonder why I to listen to it, you know, as much, you know, as much as I needed to. Uh, all right. Let me read this again. And, 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 and we commit in our spirit, Genesis 2, 24, says this, therefore, and what are the key words here? Therefore, a man who leaves his father and his mother shall be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Key words are flesh, one body, and join. And I jotted what God, God created man and woman to fit together. That's what Morris said, to, be, to fit together. Now let's go over to 1 Corinthians 6. And let me read 15, 16, and 17. And we're going to talk about how this works in the spirit side, okay? Verse 15 says, Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? You're a member of Christ. Your body is, is a member of Christ. Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. What does Paul say? You can't be both places, man. Now, I don't have a problem with that in that voice. I'm, I'm an Atlanta Braves fan. I, if the Braves don't win the World Series, I hope nobody does. Is that terrible? <laughs> I'm just that way. I'm a Cobb County fan. If Cobb County can't win it, I hope nobody. That's a terrible attitude. But Paul has got this way on a way more serious thing. We are members of, our bodies are members of Christ. And shall I take the members of Christ and make them members of the heart? Certainly not. Look at verse 16. Or do you not know that he who, who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Let me ask you this. What does it mean to be a member of Christ? To have your body a member of Christ. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. What else? I'm sorry, Doug, say again. To have him reside in you, you and him. 
You know, I told, I told you, all Chris used to tell us up there, man, you play football, you're different. You're not the regular crowd in the school. With you. Not everybody does. You know, you, you, you so at there's a higher standard. What his point was? Go ahead, William. Sorry. I know. I was, I was just thinking loud, or not out loud, but I was thinking in my mind. We're to act in our minds the way the Lord wants us to, but we're also to physically act the way that He wants us to. And we're our bodies are an extension of His will. So what we physically do is also tied to Him. Not just what goes on in our mind, but what the acts of kindness, physical acts of kindness, not just thoughts, but physical things are, are what the Lord wants us to do. So when we physically get off the track and commit something like that, then that's what we're subjecting. Christ to us. We're physically doing something we shouldn't be doing. Let me read this last part of this verse again and, and, and tell me what Paul is saying. Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a heart? What is Paul saying right here? He read it now on the head about, about me a couple, three or four weeks ago, and I know he'll remember. He looked at me and he said, well, you're cut and dry. You're either or. I think that's what Paul said. You're either or. You can't be both. You can't dabble both. It's like what he said. You're taking the fight. Christ lives in you. And you cross that line. You're taking the fight. Well, somebody mentioned over here, Steve. Tom, somebody. Steve, somebody. I don't know. What does that do to your witness? It's running. It's running. It's, you know, I just read the ground in our person. What, what Tom said here, First Corinthians uh, 8. 13 says, Therefore, if what I eat causes my brother and sister to fall into sin, I will never eat meat again, so that I will not cause him to fall. They cause them to stumble, man. You know, I mean, how many people, you know, just we talked about uh, Robbie Zachariah, these other people. All that does is, and that's why I told you I admire Tebow and Tony Dungy and these cats, you know. They're not causing other people to stumble. Why? There's not many of them. No. And I'm not in that category, dude. Let me tell you. I'm not. I'm impressed with those dudes. I'm way impressed. And I'm not a fan, you know. You know, Florida and in Colts. I mean, it's neither here nor there to me, you know. Man, I tell you, they're impressive people. I mean, they're very impressive people. Uh, I jotted this down. The spirit comes into play in three. And point three, because to join the member of a heart, heart, you have to leave someone. Morris, Morris said that when you join, when you leave and you start, <coughs> let's just say not the physical act, but like Jesus said in your heart, you've looked, you, you thought, what have I taken the focus off of in my life? I've taken the focus off of my life. I left her in the breeze, and my focus has gone somewhere else. You know, and I've heard, I've watched a million TV shows and said, well, it's hard to look at this. It gets you wound up for her. You know, y'all heard that on the show? I have, a bunch of times. Well, somebody needs to crank the track, you know, crank the vehicle, as long as you're not driving it. You know, and it's stuff like that. But Jesus said, if it's in your heart, man, if you know you, you're there. Let me read verse uh first Corinthians 6 17. But who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. How does Paul say we're joined to God? In one spirit. You know, his spirit's in us, and, and it's just it's just one. Let me ask you this, and it don't have to be a let me ask you this. I got the next, the next question. Describe your relationship with God when sin has consumed your life. And I think we've all gotten to a point in our lives that sin has kind of taken over, whether it might last a week. Look at David, for instance. I think that lasted about a year after Bathsheba and Uriah. About a year there, before Nathan came in front of me. What, if you ever read any Psalms, what was David's attitude? It's miserable. It's a miserable existence. And when sin has consumed you, because I can't talk about anybody else, the only one I can discuss is David, okay? Because that's who I'm going to have to discuss from when I stand before the Lord. 
God Almighty. It's David. I don't get to discuss Allison. I don't get to discuss John David. I don't get to discuss hope. I get to this. This is what I get to discuss. So when sin has crept into my life, what is what is my relationship? What is your relationship with God when you've got unconfessed sin in your life? Don't matter if it's, no, I'm not talking about just sexual sin now. I'm talking about sin. They don't ride together. I was thinking this morning, the other day, sometime or another, light and dark. I mean, there is absolutely zero way that they that they can coexist. They when one when when light shows up, darkness dissipates, man. It goes away. I jotted this down. Have you ever sinned? Maybe not sexual sin. And then feel the distance between you and God Almighty. Who moved, man? I moved. What do we know about God? He's consistent. He'll never leave or forsake us. He'll, he'll, he's always there no matter what we do. And I jotted down, as a true Christian, you do not lose your salvation. And I thought my second hand was down there at 9.30. I thought, my word, man. Look, look closer to getting through than I thought. That'd be scared. As a true Christian, do you you do not lose your salvation? You come, but what do you what do you lose? You lose your testimony. You damage. You damage. You, you, well, you might lose it. You know, it's it's those those are riding in the same vehicle. There, I don't think either one of them might be wrong. You may, you'll, you'll, you'll have a testimony, but it won't be a good one. What else do you lose? You lose that closeness. We talked about it just now. When I've got that sin in my life, lust, unforgiveness, jealousy, ABC, one, two, three, and I let that consume me, my mind's on that instead of on God, right? So if my mind's not on Christ, I lose that closeness, the camaraderie. It's a miserable feeling, isn't it? It is, Brian. It's it's all. You know, I was telling our D group that uh, uh, you know my mom and my brothers passed away the other day, and me and Dad was on the phone, and we tend to we'd argue about the rain, okay? But got a little sideways with my dad, and for two or three days we didn't talk on the phone. And I was just absolutely miserable until I got that fixed with my dad. Just, just that's just your sleep. early dad. I'm not. Down plan, but I mean, yeah, you you're talking about multiplying that when you're talking about exactly. our heavenly Father, you know, and it's it's just it is a miserable existence. I bet you didn't sleep well. No, I couldn't. I bet your mind was consumed with the conversation or whatever it led to it and all that. I, I've been there with my Christian life. Mars said this: when you leave the closeness with God, you cleave to the enemy. God, that was pretty good. When you leave God, you cleave to the enemy. He says the enemy comes in packs. I thought this was good. You remember this part, Jeff? Stan? He said the enemy comes in packs. What goes with adultery, stealing? What what do you have to do to kind of cover that mess up? Lying, deception, what else? I got to manipulate circumstances and manip- try to me- manipulate people to get them where I need them to be to cover for me yada ABC one two three I gotta ask my friends to do stuff I wouldn't ask normally you know I got asked one time by a lady I work with about a person hey when was the region term done in Hanson and I thought I know why she's asking because I know the dude, you know. And I'm like, these days, man, it's in that book right there. Remember, they used to give out that book, Coach Snyder, Leo, Scotty, they had that little spring book, physical book, hard copy, I think that's what they call them now. You can look them up online. But it had starting dates, tournament dates, all the regulations and rules for football, basketball, baseball, ABC, one, two, three. It's in that book right there. 
So I mean, it was not hard to get to him. But you know, you got to, he's got to start lying. I know he was lying to me. Well, I was down there for four days, and that might have been a three day time <laughs> or something. He might have refereed or umpired or was, went to watch the games these days, and there was games going on these days. They don't play on Sunday, they'll play on Friday, Saturday. Monday, Tuesday, when, you know, they'll play around them. They don't play on Sunday. And I jotted down, and many more spirits like these. And I jotted down, it's the ripple effect. One causes another, and that one causes another, and that one causes another. And before you know it, I've got lie after lie, deception after deception. i got manipulation after manipulation. And I, well, y'all, y'all, it's just a shocker. I'm pretty simple. I can't keep it straight. I'm thinking in my mind, that's I'm pretty blunt. And don't ask me if you don't want to know, you know, because I'm just probably going to tell you. And I, in my mind, that's why I don't have to keep up with the lie. Okay? <clears throat> but I, I, I've got, I, I, I thought a lot. I jotted down, it comes ripple effect, just like errors and walks in baseball. And, you know, you think, well, that, that error out there is second base or shortstop or that drop fly ball in left field out there. No one scored. We got out of the inning, but there's a lot more to it than that. I Johnny runs may not score. Pitch count goes up. If you got a pitch count in high school, I think it's 125. There's different levels of days of rest. Nowadays, it's like you need a PhD to figure out stuff. Major leagues, you come out at 100 pitches nowadays. Well, you know, that might have got you. That's why Ian Anderson, y'all know who I'm talking about, pitch for the Braves, won the World Series with That's why he kind of got set down his pitch count. Ball four, ball four, ball four, double play out of the end. Ball four, ball four, double play out of the end. Well, he couldn't get to the fifth inning to get a win or a loss. He'd get the loss from whatever wins. Get the win because he's 104 pitches in the third inning. And the score might be Braves won the Reds won. But the ripple effect is the pitch count going up, you know, and 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 not just the pitch count, but stressful pitches. Let me tell you a little secret. When I pitched, there was a lot of stressful pitches. Stressful pitches are the ones where there's guys on first and second, second and third, one out, nobody out. Then I can't just like throw one up here because if I hit a home run, it's a three-run home run. It's still a solo. You know, and another ripple effect is. You get guys on first or third, the middle infield comes up and squeezes in for a double play. If there's nobody on there playing deep, cut the ball off, you know, hold a guy to a single, still got a force out. There's a lot goes on, and, you know, ball four. The ripple effect. A lot goes on in the ripple effect when I when I look. If I don't confess, and he's a big proponent of accountability. I need, I, you know, I need somebody asking a tough question. And I jot down, don't forget those apply to mental, uh, mental adultery, not just physical. By the way, there's no such thing as mental adultery, according to what Jesus said. And I jotted this down, and I told you I would. Please don't forget that this sin is not unforgivable. Don't think it is. That's a lie from the pit of hell. You know, God said about David, there was Everything he did was right except for the deal with you, Bathsheba, and your right. Everything else was great. And God forgave him. Repent and ask God to forgive. And then again, let me go back. Do you know who falls in this area? Humans. Humans. And we were not perfect. And I'll never be perfect. I know that's hard to believe. But that kind of encompasses everybody. That kind of keeps down on the hey point it, folks. Because we've all in our mind. I promise you. I hadn't met many that had. And that's why, that's why I told my boys, I want y'all coming in. This guy's these guys in my class, they're gonna be honest with you. It's the same struggle. Now you, you know, it might not be today. But we didn't get to be 57 without being, without being 17. 
27 or 37 or 47. You know, my boys ain't got the 27, 37, 47, man, 26 and 23. What is it like? It's a booger, son. It, it, it's, it's a hank what it is. You know, we just go back to what Joe said. I've committed in my heart not to even look. I've committed in my heart not to eat popcorn. You can't make me eat popcorn. Ain't a man of yeah, throw me off the bridge. I can't, I ain't doing it. Sick. Sick as a dog, man. I, I thought I'd die. That's about the six, second sickest I ever been behind that, behind that box. I just, man, I didn't feel good. God, I was sick. And I'm just not eating popcorn. Why would I not do that? That's Tommy. That's what this that is. Gone, false. Not me. I'm talking about me. Yeah. Well, it's just in, it's just in your face everywhere you go. Do you still like the smell of it? I mean, popcorn. oh yeah, I love the smell. You like the look? I told Allison I walked in there the night, and there's not anything to snack on, which is a blessing. You know, but in my mind, I could justify. Boy, if I had some popcorn, that's a healthy snack. You know, but Rick and Bubba, Bubba weighs about 420, you know. And they get on him all the time because apparently he loves peanut m and And his thing about peanut m and on is it's a somewhat healthy snack. <laughs> so popcorn can be a somewhat healthy snack. But I can't even eat that. <laughs> you know. So in my so I go buy corn checks, wheat checks, rice checks, Cheerios and make me some uh, checks mixed. Dipped in butter, man. It was shot. Salt. That's what I want. <laughs> well, I'll throw a little cashews in there. Just a little bit. Uh, I'm going to tell you, man, I'm going to have over. Anybody got anything to ask? Comment about? How old's that commercial? 15 years? I don't that, know, man. I, mean, that's how I can't get it off my mind. I know that from boy, right? I mean, that's how... That's the marketing and stuff. Oh, yeah. The enemy's sharp, man. And you'd say that, and everyone else knows what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, yeah, I got you, dude. Back it's not the, a mystery. Back in the day, they would have car commercials. They'd have a lady in a white evening gown draped across the hood of a car. <laughs> now, what does, a, what does a pretty woman have to do with a, a Mercury Cougar? But that's what they have, is they have this. I think Jimbo Shepard actually was in one of those commercials. Really? One time. I'm thinking the white snake. Yeah, well, the white snake. Yeah. 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 A few younger guys, older guys, that was a video back then. Robert Plant led Snap on those. Snap on those. Yeah, I mean, it just, it's not just hamburgers. It's hamburgers. Never had a snap on those. It might be 10 years out of date, but still had a counter. You had a counter with a whole shop. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, you. I didn't know they were counters. They got something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> didn't care if it's a counter. I don't care. Yeah, I don't, you know, it's and that's why looking is so important, I think. Because I can't get it out of my mind. It's like engraved. Etched in there. It takes a lot of welding to fill up that gap. Well, it's just, it's just, it's just bombarded. You don't, it's not just that. You can't watch, you can't even watch it. You know, Ty, you're talking about that one. I mean, I hadn't seen that one on uh, Days of Our Lives, if I watched Days of Our Lives. That commercial is not on. Those Kathy Rigsby commercials are on Days of Our Lives, if you know what I'm talking about. You old enough to know that. Those things are on the Braves, on the basketball. NFL, yeah, I mean, we're guys, and you just can't unsee it. Can't unsee it. I thank you for the Well, thank you for these guys. Thank you for your, your warnings, your love letters, and Brother Ted called. And God, I pray that I would have the attitude about seeing in general across the board. 
that I haven't got popcorn. You got to pray. I want to. I want to commit my eyes to you. You got to pray that that you you're, that still small voice will speak to everybody in you when our eyes start to blink. And God, I, we, I, 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 it's, 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 it's difficult. It's difficult. God, I thank you for this prayer report. I thank you for your love. God, most importantly, Lord God, thank you for your forgiveness. You're, you are amazing. And God, I thank you for sending Jesus that he covered all these sins before we even executed and committed. My God, again, thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy. Well, I love these guys in here, Lord, and I thank you for every one of them. I'm going to pray and ask these things, Lord, in your sweet and precious name. Amen.